0: Christmas is about gifts or presents, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, presents. Say that word with me, presents. It's about gifts, presents. So look at this one verse about the ultimate kind of gifts we should be looking for. From James, the half-brother of our Lord, wrote this in the first chapter. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters, Every good and perfect gift or present is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Don't be deceived. Every good and perfect gift. Notice, God gives gifts. They come from above, but they're good and perfect. Sometimes people give you uh, something. uh, I just was reminded of this a pop singing diva star of some years ago who, who gave as a gift, unfortunately, to her daughter. She got her daughter hooked on drugs. She got her daughter hooked on drugs. And her daughter died in the same kind of way that she died. That's not the kind of gift you want to get. So sometimes people give you gifts. They're not even that good for you. But God gives every good and perfect gift. When God gives you a gift, it's really good. I want to talk about presents with a capital P. Presence, like what I just had you say, with a capital P. So about 15, I forgot how many years ago, in the hustle and bustle of Christmas, people are giving me cards. People are sometimes giving me a little bag with black cake. All in favor, say aye. Yeah, some of you don't know about black cake. That'll get you happy real quick, some of that black cake. They're exchanging, I have cards, whoever was assisting me that day, and it happened over a couple Sundays, and I'm bringing stuff home, cards, and my wife wants to know, so who gave us that card? She's reading them, Uh, this gift, no, this gift is for you, Carol, no, this gift is for us, whatever, and and then I have to move it from here to a block and a half away where we live. So this one year, we moved everything over that I remembered, and Christmas passed, And the January and February of that year was a beast when it came to cold. I mean cold. By the way, on Thursday night, were any of you out on Thursday night? That wind? Did you know it pulled a tree down the block from me, on State Street near Hoyt? It lifted a tree right up and landed on a car. That wind was fierce. In Chicago, the wind chill was minus 37 degrees. It wasn't that bad, but this one January, February after Christmas, I mean freezing. And I was walking out a lot, and my hands covered my neck and all of that, but my hands were freezing. You ever walk for a long time, and what you feel worst of all, you feel your hands just freezing. And I kept saying to myself, come on, don't be a dummy. Go into Macy's and get some gloves But I didn't have the time, I put it off. The next day I'm walking outside, my hands are like tingling and freezing. I'm trying to put it in the jacket, and I just, for January and February, even my wife saw me, she said, why don't you put gloves on? I said, I have no gloves. Well then, get some gloves, honey. Uh, That's how she said it. Get some gloves and put them on. But I put it off, put it off. I went through January and February, with, you know, like close to frostbite on my fingers. March comes, and I'm cleaning up my office, kind of early spring cleaning. I'm going through stuff. And in my closet in my office, I look, and there's like a bag, but there's a gift in the bag. I mean, a gift with a, with a wrapping paper. And I look. It's a Christmas present. It's March. I never took it home. I never took it home. I have two Pastor symbola. And I go, I don't believe this. I didn't open this present. I open it up. It's a box. Guess what's in it? Exactly. (laughs) I froze for January and February. The gloves were in my office. I wouldn't have to pay for them. They were free. And I never opened the presents, so I never saw the gloves, so I never put them on. So I froze for no reason in January and February. Because a gift means nothing until you open it. A gift is nothing. Has no meaning in your life until you open it. Am I correct? So Ron, my friend, was talking about us giving gifts to to Jesus. How about some gifts that he has given to us that for some of you right now, right now while I'm speaking in the name of Christ, you haven't even opened what he's given you. Now, some of you might not be believers. You're not born again. You're churchgoers. You're visiting. You think it's good luck or a proper thing to go to church on Christmas Day. But you don't really know Jesus. You've never had your sins forgiven. You've never been, as he told a man in the book of John, you must be born again. You have to have a new beginning. You have to come into relationship with me. That hasn't happened for some of you. And that's the ultimate gift. But again, until you believe and unwrap that gift, you'll never know. No, you see some of you just staring up. You wonder why the singers are going like this, and some are weeping, and we're crying for joy, and Sue is telling you to praise God, and you don't even get it. Like, what are they doing? Like, what are these people, nuts? No, but you've never tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You never, listen, you never open the present. Once you experience Jesus, you got a lot to sing about. You got a lot to get excited about, and sometimes we get emotional. How many Christians here will say amen? amen? But it's not, we're not making it up. No one's psyching us into anything. We've received that salvation that God gave us when he gave us his son. But let's go a little deeper. I want to talk about three gifts that Jesus has given us that we even as believers, we haven't opened it. They're presents, but you're not enjoying them. Why? Because you didn't open them. And unlike Christmas, which comes one time a year, the presents I'm about to tell you, they have to be opened every day or you lose out, you miss out. I'm, this is from my own life, not just from the Bible, as I'll show you. So presents with a capital P is the name of this little message. And I want to do a little alliteration with the letter P. So the first present I want to mention that Jesus has given us as believers is pardon. Pardon. Everyone say pardon. He has forgiven and pardoned us of our sins. Oh, I know that. Oh, do you? Do I? Then how can we live with guilt? How come the enemy comes and brings us into condemnation? How come a lot of people, uh, maybe in this building, you're scared to death of death. You're so afraid of dying because you're not sure you're ready to face God. And yet Jesus came to pardon our sins so we can have a relationship with God and go to be with him in heaven for eternity. But unless you open that present daily, you'll live very easily in guilt, remorse. What did I do that for? You got to rejoice every day and acknowledge not in sukkah. Cabeza solo, pero en su corazón. I have been pardoned. My sins are gone. Jesus' blood has washed away every wrong thing I've ever done. In God's sight, I'm as perfect as Jesus. Wait, wait what did you just say, Pastor? No, that's what the Bible teaches. We're in Christ. Christ is perfect. God only sees us in his son, and his son is perfect. I don't come in with any sins or blemishes into God's presence. I come in through Christ because he has pardoned me of my sin. When I met Ron Olivier, uh, I met at the same time a guy in that prison who had been there 51 years. They called him Bishop. He went in at 18 for a terrible crime. And he got saved in there and became a leader among some of the churches there and he was so full of the Bible and so full of praise and, and shouting glory and all of that that they end up, they called him Bishop. When I met him, that's how I was introduced to him. They called me Bishop. He's in prison 51 years, but he's a Bishop. So the warden had an eye on the Bishop and was trying to find a way to get him out. He had served 51 years. He was obviously just a whole new creation that proved it for decades. And one day, the the warden called me and said, Pastor Simba, I got good news for you. We got a pardon. We got a release for Bishop. Bishop is now released, and he's going to be released into your custody. And I went, my custody? He said, yeah. I said, why don't you call me about that and tell me? He said, no, I know you love Bishop, and your church will love Bishop. So I said, so what happened? Well, some of the politicians in Louisiana, they don't like to release people in the state in case they, they get in trouble again. It, politically, it'll be a nightmare. So by being far away, although Bishop wasn't going to do anything, he was a Christian full of the Lord. I said, no, you release him, Pastor Jim Simba of the Brooklyn Tabernacle in Brooklyn. And he was released into our custody. And I'll never, I'll never forget now, you know, he lived a lot of years. He had never handled a, a, a dollar bill for 51 years. He had never been on an escalator in his life. When he got out and a friend of mine, a friend of Ron's too, took him to Chicago first, he was in the airport and he was just staring at the escalator. He had never seen anything like that. He went in in the 50s when Eisenhower was president. So he came here. They brought him here because this is where he was going to live. And, and God raised up some people to help support him. So he came in this auditorium with me. Carol was here on an afternoon. No one in the building except some musicians, singers she was working with. And he walked in. And they knew he was coming because I had told the church, we're going to have a new member. His name is Bishop. He walked in. And it was very heart-moving, but I didn't realize how institutionalized he was because he had lived with a sense of guilt and being institutionalized, he could only obey the last order someone gave him. He didn't have in his vocabulary, I don't think, the ability to say, no, I don't want to do that because you don't do that in Angola. You don't tell any correction officer, any guard, no, I don't want to go there. So... He came. In, we went up to the office. A bunch of people were there, and we were. We started to pray, uh, talk, and then they said, "Well, let's go have lunch." So I said, "Good idea. Let's have lunch." So we prayed, and then everybody went out the door. He just sat in his chair, and uh, he said to me, "Excuse me, pastor. Uh, do you want me to go through that door?" I said, "Well, bishop." If you don't, you're going to be sitting there a long time because that's the only way out of my office. Okay, yes, sir, I'll go out. Right, Ron? He was totally institutionalized. I didn't realize it. So a couple weeks later, I take him with me to Indianapolis. I'm speaking at a big conference there, are thousands of people, and he is sitting with me in one of the meetings before I speak and we're sitting listening to music, and the song is about, I'm free, I'm free, and I am free. Free at last, I am free. Free from guilt, free from condemnation, free from the, from the outlook of hell for eternity. I'm free, I know Jesus. And he turned to me, this is the truth, and he said, Pastor, is this real? I said, what do you mean? He said, am I here with you? Is this real? I said, It's real. He got up and he started walking back and forth in front of the seats and just tears coming out of his eyes. saying, Jesus, I thank you, I'm free. I am free. Not just out of the prison, out of the prison of guilt and condemnation. My terrible things have been washed away. And that's what Jesus wants every one of us to live with, a sense of pardon. But even after we get saved, a lot of you have come under the, the sway of Satan who's called the accuser of the brethren and the sistren too. He accuses, he condemns. I know what you did last week. I know what you did 10 years ago. You don't think you're gonna get away with that with a holy God. Then we live in guilt. We live in fear. We're afraid of dying. We're scared to death of death. And yet the early Christians had such a sense of pardon. They had opened that present. you got to open that present. What good is pardon as a gift if you don't open it and enjoy it every day? I am free. I'm not a piece of garbage. I'm a child of God. You and I are children of God. Can we clap loud and say amen? God knows everything we've done, and Jesus took care of it all on the cross. When He said, It is finished, it was finished. That's it. I don't care where you were, if you never served time in prison, or if you've been in prison, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He's given us pardon. You can't live with guilt. Listen to me, you can't live with guilt. You can't live afraid of the future because you're afraid that your sins are going to come and bite you in the behind. That is not the salvation that Jesus has given us. He has pardoned us. He has washed away our sins. I am clean. I am free. Not because I've been good, but because Jesus is my Savior. His name shall be called Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. Everybody who believes in that, clap your hands loud. So you got to say that. You got to say that in the morning. The moment any thought comes of condemnation, the, many, the moment any memory comes from your past of something you said or did or looked at that was inappropriate and sinful and wrong, you can't let it stay there for half a second you got to say, no, the blood of Jesus has cleansed me from all sin. Satan, get out of here. I resist you in the name of the Lord. I'm a child of God. I'm clean. I've been pardoned. I'm free. So that's a present you got to open, and you got to open it every day. I thought when I got saved as a young person that you just can open it when you get saved. No, you got to open it every day because how many know the enemy loves to try to bring guilt on us? Everyone who knows what I'm talking about, just lift your hand. Okay. He loves to try to bring guilt. And then you live with that cloud over you. But Jesus said, no, I leave you my pardon. Not only that, but here's another P. Jesus said, I'm going to give you another present. My presence. A present, P-R-E-S-E-N-T, called his Presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Jesus said, okay, I'm leaving you now, but lo, I am with you to the end of the age. I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you gather together, two or three, I'll be there in the meeting. You don't need uh, 12, 1,400 people. You just need two or three. I will be there. When you sleep at night, I'm watching you. And when you wake up in the morning, I want you to recognize my presence because I want to walk with you through that day. I am with you. I know, but I don't feel. It uh, doesn't matter what you feel. Either he's with us or he's not with us. How many believe he's with us? Say amen. amen. He, he's not a man. He should lie. He said, I'll never leave you. I know, but I fail God. I said, he said, he'll never leave you. He'll never leave me. How few Christians live out their days on a daily basis counting on the presence of God. God is by me. I don't see him. Trust me. He's more real than you are. He's with me. You don't see him here, but he's with me while I'm preaching. Did you know that? Yes, he is here with me on this platform. And he's with you. He promised us his presence. And he said, you'll never be alone. This New Year's Eve, next Saturday night, there'll be hundreds of thousands of people on 42nd Street waiting for the ball to come down. And they're surrounded with people and they'll be getting uh, drunk or whatever on drugs or some sober, but they'll be screaming and yelling and partying. But in the middle of it, inside, so many are so lonely, lonely. No one really understands me. I have friends and, and you know, I hang out with them and all of that. And we go out and we see a Nick game or a Nets game or we do this, we do that. But I feel so alone. No one really knows what I'm going through. There's all kinds of people like that. Suicide rate in this country, especially over younger people, is soaring. Why? Because they feel they're alone and yet they're with people. How can you be alone if you're with people because you're lonely inside? And Jesus said, you'll never be lonely again because I'll never leave you. When no one else can be talked to or you won't have anyone to share, no one to talk back to you, I'll be there for you. When you leave this building, if you're a Christian, do you get it? He's with you. That should change everything about every day. I'm not alone. Yeah, but I have to go on a job interview. You're not going alone, dude. He's with you. He's with you. Don't you get it? When you sit in that chair, he's right by you. When you're riding that number three train, he's with you. He better be with you on that number three train. (laughs) Wherever we go, he's with us. People talked about being joined at the hip with someone. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That should change everything. When I was a kid, I thought of this this morning on the fly. I was, let's say... My parents moved to 384 Parkside Avenue between Bedford and Flappish when I was about in the first grade. So first grade, how old are you then in the first grade? How old? Six, seven, yeah. So I was about nine years old, and I was already every day in the... No, I didn't get left back. What are you trying to say? Hey, what are you trying to say? You trying to put me down? No. So I was about nine years old at this point, And I would go to the park and the playground, which I ended up living in, especially when my dad started drinking when I was about 12. Then I hardly ever came home and just played hoops and every sport. So I was about nine years old playing punch ball in the playground between Bedford and Rogers. On Parkside was one entrance, but the main one was on Winthrop Street. And I'm in the park and some kids visiting from... or hanging out from another neighborhood. I didn't know them. They were there, and they were all, like, rowdy, and they were, like, 11, 12, 10. And there were four or five, and they just ganged up on me while we were playing, and I don't know what happened. Some disagreement happened. And they started shoving me. I unwisely shoved back, and the next thing you know, a couple of them hit me and hurt me and yelled at me, cursed me, and... I I went home with my tail between my legs and back to my house and and you know, it's just I couldn't take them on. How in the world could I take them on? I'm nine years old or whatever. So who happened to be home was my brother who was six years older than me. He said, What's wrong with you? Who hit you? Why are you crying? Well, these kids there and this. He said, What kids? I said in the par in the playground. They were playing punch ball and one thing led to another. He said, what, kids? Show me. So next thing I know, he takes me out of the house, and we walk down Parkside Avenue. We go to the playground. Now, when I left, I was like, (laughs) like that. When I walked in with my brother, whoa, you had to see me. I was like, yeah. Come on, let's talk now, huh? I got my brother here. Show me what you got. Why? Because anything had changed in me? My big brother was there. When I was with my big brother, I was as brave as could be. That's the way Jesus wants us to be. You're not alone. I'll handle it for you. Do I get an amen here? I will handle it for you. You're not alone. I am with you. But how many Christians just wake up in the morning, they think they're on their own, they're insecure, they're nervous, they don't sleep at night, they're filled with anxiety? Don't tell me no, I know yes. I counsel a few people over the years. We got to every morning wake up. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, Jesus. I know you were watching me when I slept because I woke up this morning. And now as I get ready for the day, I know wherever I go, you are with me. Whatever the challenge, you know a great thing to do every morning? Come on, listen to me. In the morning, think of your day, what's planned at least, your appointments and pray through every one of them, and talk to Jesus. Jesus, you will be with me on that appointment. I'm having lunch with that person. You'll be with me. You know my sister-in-law's coming around. You know how she rolls. Uh, please, Jesus, be with me for that. And you pray through the whole day, and then whatever else pops up that you weren't sure of, you know Jesus is with me. Thank you, Jesus. I just read about some spiritual giant who said, he, may, he purposed in his heart, I want to pray three minutes every hour. Every hour of the day that I'm awake, I want to pray three minutes. I want to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for being with me. I praise you. I thank you for your word. Not, not a long prayer. Other times you get alone, you can pray. But he said, just every hour. I don't want to stop for six hours. I want to talk and recognize that he is with me every hour of every day. All in favor of that, say aye. aye. So the Lord has left us. Pardon, but you got to open the present or your hands will freeze, just like me. Those gloves did zero for me. Why? Didn't put them on. Why? Didn't open the gift. you got to start. Some of you got to. Come on. You're Christians. You profess to be Christians. Start opening the presents that the Lord has given us on a daily basis. Pardon. His presence, lastly, the power, more P's, and I close, the power of prayer. Jesus made possible access not just to heaven, but that we can come to the Father and bring our requests. And the Father said, I will answer you, When you come in my son's name as a child of God because you've put your faith in my son, come boldly, the Bible says. Don't come, I'm not worthy. No, come boldly. Not because I'm anybody, but I belong to your son, Jesus. God, I come in Christ's name. And he says this, you'll receive mercy and grace to help you in the time of trouble, in the time of need. Just when you're pressed against the wall, God has promised, through Jesus, he has made a way. It used to be, back in the day, in the Old Testament, Moses could talk to God, the high priest could talk to God, but the average person, they were nowheresville. They were nowheresville. But now, Christ, why? Because holy, holy God, and you got an ungodly person like Jim Cymbala. how in the world would I get to talk to God? God is so holy. God doesn't deal with, with unrighteousness and sin. And Jesus has come, provided pardon. Jesus has made a way from all this distance. He made a bridge that I can come right over into God's presence. i don't have to be afraid because he's not an angry God. He's Abba Father. He's my Father because of Jesus. How few of us open that present every day. We complain, we get afraid, we get depressed, we feel victimized instead of going to God in prayer because one of the presents Jesus gave us is come boldly to the throne of grace. I've made a way for you to get your needs met. Seek, ask, knock. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you'll what? You will find. If you Knock, it will be open. And today I just want to remind you, don't be like I was for January and February of that year. Froze my little fingers off. All be- and it was there in my office. See how, that's a good thought. It was so close to me. Every single day I was complaining. Oh, I never thought of that. I'm at my office complaining. My hands are freezing. And four steps from my desk all the gloves I needed. How about you today? Maybe you're four steps from the gift that God wants you to have, but you got to open it. Shake off lethargy. Shake off unbelief. Say, Lord, I, I receive your pardon. I'm not living in guilt anymore. I know what I've done, but Satan hit the road, Jack. Jesus has saved me. He's pro- provided pardon for me. I am free, free from condemnation, free from guilt. And I'm not lonely, and I'm not all alone, and I'm a victim of the what? I'm not a victim of anything. I'm a child of God. I said I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. His presence is with us. His presence is with us. And lastly, whatever your needs are today, and I know you have some. There's no Christmas in my life that I ever didn't have some needs, and I have them today. Don't carry them. They'll weigh you down. We had a former pastor here who started the prayer band named Pastor Ware, a very godly man. I used to pray with him a lot, and he used to say a lot of times when we were praying, Lord, you got to help Pastor Symbol and me. This thing is way too big for us. I remember him saying that. Oh, it's too big for us, Lord, but nothing's too big for you. So instead of us worrying and fretting, we're giving it to you, Lord. Open those presents today. See what the Lord will do for you. Could you bow your heads? Close your eyes. I'm not making an altar call invitation to the front to come. If you're here today and say, Pastor, that message was for me, of me. This was for me. I needed to hear that. I believe God is speaking to me and saying, open the presence I gave you. Keep on opening them. They're new every day. Listen, his mercies are new every day. Lord, help me this Christmas to open your presence every day so I live with all the gifts that you gave that you purpose for me. Just stand up where you are so I can just say a, a prayer over you. I just want to pray over you this Christmas. Anybody just stand where you are. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, 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 in the balcony, thank you. Anyone else? I'm gonna ask you, if you're standing now, come, come front, come to the front so we can close the meeting by praying over you. Come on. Balcony. Come on down. It'll take you 30 seconds. Come on. It's Christmas. You're going to open the presents. What good is it if he gives it and we never open it? Right to the edge. Come on. Pardon his presence, the power of prayer, all for you. Don't have to be afraid, anxiety ridden. Those of you standing in the balcony, come on. Won't bite you. Come on down here. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your word and your spirit have reached so many people. All of us needed it, starting with me. But these folks, Lord, have stepped forward because you must be dealing with them about something. In your love, you want to bring healing and help, strength, mercy to them. So help them, Lord. We confess our sins. We have failed you. You have never failed us. Help us to live every day counting on your pardon, every day counting on your presence with us, and every new day taking advantage of the power of of talking to our Father because you made a way for us. We bring our needs. Uh, Lord, help them. You see these tears? You see some of them, this lady over here on my right, Lord, she's just whispering while everyone's singing. She's, her lips are moving like Hannah in the Old Testament. She's praying in her heart to you, Lord. Help her. We're counting on you. Give us those good gifts that you have for us. And help them, Lord, to end the year and start the year with a new focus on you, a new trust in you, a new enthusiasm for you. Lord, do, begin a new work. Fan the flame. Fan the flame. And let them have the best end of the year, best new year they've ever had in their lives. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name. We love you, Lord. Can we give God a hand clap of praise, everyone in the building? Feliz Navidad. Merry Christmas. Give someone a hug, a handshake. God be with you. See you New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, 7 and 10 o'clock.